Yes. How are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing great. How about you? Absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to sharing a conversation with you. And we're going to start it off with one thing. My granddaughter uh, pronounces her name Mia, M-I-A, but I've also worked with people. Her name is Maya, spelled the same way. So how, how do you pronounce the girl's name inside your book? It's Mia Kane. It is Mia. All right. Let's go for the Mias then. I, I love what you're doing. Yeah. The, the reality of Mia is so spot on in the way that so many uh, uh, adults or young adults like her want to be able to share the story. But but Mia is challenged because she has a writing instrument, which I love. But she's walking into a camp that is filled with lots of computers. This is so spot on reality. I love this about this book. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this was set in the 90s, and I remember struggling with that, just thinking, well, if I don't have the same tools, you know, can I even do something? Um, of course, these days, you know, there are all, all kinds of people with way fancier technology and connections and money and history that I don't have. But, um, but you know, it's important to still get out there. For this story to come to life, how did you put yourself inside the mind of, of, of Mia? Because, I mean, it, you're, you're an adult now, but were you able to easily go back into those shoes? Am I an adult? I don't know. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have three kids. So they are, one is in high school, one is in middle school, and one is in elementary school. So they definitely help. But the other thing is that I really had my favorite year happened in fifth grade. I mean, I think I really peaked in fifth grade. I had a great teacher. I had my first crush. Um, I remember we lived by the beach that year. It was just such a magical year um, that for some reason, whenever I write, that I can just easily tap into that time in my life. When did your writing journey begin? Because, And the reason why I bring that up is because you're talking about the fifth grade. Mine started in the second grade because a teacher believed in me. Was it Was it the same for you? Yes, yes, absolutely. And like, shout out to the teachers out there. I mean, that you really, you guys are making such a difference. Um, but yeah, for me, I mean, that first year in America, I was in first grade and I didn't speak a single word of English. They even wrote that on my report card, which I still have. Um, but she only began talking in the last week. And so that first year was really hard. But in second grade, I think what happened was towards the end of second grade, I wrote something and it was this, you know, it was a short little paragraph on my experience coming to America and how the airplane you know, made my ears vibrate and I couldn't eat anything. But I was hopeful about where I was going to go in this country and what I was going to do in this country. And it was a very moving piece even though it was riddled with grammar mistakes. And my teacher said, this story has a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. And she's like, emotion is what makes writing good, not, not the grammar or the spelling. <laughs> and I was like, thank God, somebody told me that. And just someone gave me permission to keep trying, basically. And I've always, I've always loved writing because it gives me that opportunity to tap into the creative universe. I mean, sure, I'm a great reader in the way that I, I'm inspired by others who write, but at the same time, you've got to be able to trust your own creative path. And so many writers, especially young, young authors, they, they'll put away their writing and we never get to see it because it's hidden away in a box. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I recently discovered something that I wrote and I kind of dusted it off and it's coming out as a picture book soon. Um, but yeah, there's, it's like, you know, and, and that's okay. Sometimes stories do need to, um, you know, they need to marinate a little while in our computer or wherever. But you're right about having that confidence of having that faith in your voice. 
And that's what I'm really trying to get through with these books is telling young people, your stories matter. You know, we all have a top story. Don't, don't be ashamed to tell it. Don't be afraid to tell it. Whatever you're going through, even if it's a little different from everyone else, um, there's someone in the world who's going to understand. And part of that story includes someone like Loopy. We all have a Loopy in our life in the way that they want to skip ahead and do other things in life. And you're going, my God, all I want to do is just be your friend. Can we just hang for a little bit? And Mia struggles with that. Yeah, she does. It's hard, especially when, you know, we've all struggled with that. A friend who's kind of outgrowing us or they're not on the same pace. And we're like, slow down, slow down. Um, and that's something that is a really hard part of friendship. But another part of friendship is letting people be who they are. And even if that means skipping ahead, supporting them and, you know, cherishing what you have together when you have it. Did you have a Jason in your life? You knew that you love some Jason. But the thing is, though, is that you didn't have the courage or the confidence to say, Jason, can we can we just be OK, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend or can we just go out? You know what, Jason is based off of two real people um, when we were working in hotels. Um, one kid was in my school but did not go to my class. He was not in my class, and he never went around to the motels with his dad. The other motel owner that we worked for, he had a son who did not go to my school, but he definitely came around all the time with his dad, and we used to bicker all day long. We used to fight a lot. <laughs> and I remember writing the series, um, trying to reconcile which, which Jason am I going to put in, and then my editor said, why don't you just combine all these people and make them be in your class? Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. So it was like a light bulb moment. When you write, do you put photographs in front of you? And the reason why I bring that up is because in the radio world, that's how they train us to go one-on-one, to, you know, to, to physically see who the listener might be. And the way that you write, you make me feel like that you're sitting right here with me. I'm going, how does she have this down so well? Well, you know, it is kind of like you're watching a movie in your head. Mm-hmm. Before you write the scene, you're kind of like imagining it in your head, playing it like almost like you're a director um, I don't have a picture of them, but I definitely have post-its where I'm like, don't don't forget the point of this scene, mm. right? Whether it's, you know, Mia appreciates where she is or she learns more from all the really interesting characters that she meets in Chinatown. You know, just don't forget the point of the scene. Um, but, yeah, to get in the mood for certain scenes, like to f- there's one really special scene at the end of the book with Mia and Jason, and I listened to a lot of music to prep for that scene because it was, it was a scene I wanted to write ever since I first started the series. That was like six years ago. I've been planning the scene, but we had to get there. We had to earn the scene. Um, the characters had to go through all kinds of development to get there. And so when it was finally time to write it, it was like, oh, I remember. I had had the goosebumps. (laughs) <laughs> Pulling from that moment, though, that's what's fun about writing. And I, and I wish listeners would understand that, that, man, it really is a celebration of receiving when, when you put it on a page. Absolutely. It is. And it becomes everyone's story. After the book is published, I always say it's not my story anymore. Yep. It's everyone's story. And it's what you make of it. How do you deal with that, though, when it's time to relinquish it? Because that's always been a tough cookie because I'll, I'll put my writing in what I call fermenting. And then because I, I, I want to be able to, you know, let it sit over there for a little bit. But then, OK, now I can now I can relinquish it. 
You know, I do it in steps because, it, it, you know, you do feel like it's your baby and you're worried about giving your baby up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, I'm always worried about it. And so I always have to kind of almost trick myself. Like, I'm actually only sending it to my agent and I can still take it back. And then it's like, oh, I'm actually only sending it to my editor and I can take it back. It's okay. Um, but once it gets through that final copy edit stage, you're just like, all right, it's it's definitely not mine anymore. <laughs> it's everyone's story now. And it, you almost go through a little bit of a, of a grieving process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you remember what you're doing it for, which is to reach people, and you celebrate. Well, the book cover itself, I mean, we're not supposed to judge a book by its book cover, but on this one right here, what I love about it, and maybe it's because I'm a broadcast instructor, but we live in this digital age where everybody thinks they've got a voice and can have a voice, and and for for me to be in this with top story, that to me is speaking a language saying, share your story or someone will write it for you. Yeah, yeah, and you should be the one to write it. It's your story. Own that story. Be proud of that story. Right. Take it wherever you can take it to the highest level. Um, And, and, you know, when I did that as a kid, I, I started a little newspaper for my community because I wasn't seeing our stories make it into the LA times where I was living. Um, So I started a little newspaper. I printed it at office Depot. I remember the people at office Depot were like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I distributed it. I put it at the frozen yogurt shop and at the library. And it was a little thing that I did, which was me taking that first step to um, sharing my, my thoughts with the world. Well, that's your connection, and and maybe that's the reason why I love this story so much is because you do know who your your reader is. You know who that community is, and you're so willing to give that to them so they can have something to read. Absolutely, and I, I really hope that reading this book, I mean, it takes place in Chinatown, San Francisco. I hope people go and visit it because it's a beautiful place, and there's a lot of great food there, and you're not... You're going to have such a great time. You're not going to regret it. I've been there. There's also a lot of great shopping there. Man, you got to go there to spend the entire day or two days there because there's a lot of great deals always in Chinatown. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's cheap. It's a really yes. affordable place. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people go to find out more about you as well as the, the front desk novel? Yeah, they can follow me on social media. I'm at Kelly Yang HK. I'm on Instagram and Twitter or X as they call it these days and you can see me on TikTok making a fool of myself (laughs) Um, you can also find Top Story in bookstores online wherever books are sold and you can go to my website kellyang.com I love it please come back to this show anytime in the future Kelly the door is always going to be open for you thank you so much thanks for having me will you be brilliant today okay (laughs) you too thank you so much I appreciate it